Welcome to the SOS Church Stockholm podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 12 p.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi, and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations, living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. My name is Christopher. I'm pastor in this church, and I'm leading it together with an awesome pastor's team and leader team. I'm so happy and thankful for all the leaders that are are leading this together. Uh, Today, I think that we will have a very special Sunday. We're coming into a conference week. And I want you to get ready for what God is going to do next weekend, actually. I believe that God will do something special today, but also prepare your heart for what's, what, what is coming next. And there is something very special about being in the room. There is a power that is released only when you are in the room at times. And that is actually the title for today, In the Room. And... I remember when I was 25 years old, I think, uh, Eli was pregnant with, uh, for the first time. She'd been pregnant many times since then, but uh, it was the first time. And I remember a colleague told me, he said that, whatever you do, be in the room when your firstborn is born. You need to be there. You need to be present. And it was a morning, it was a day before New Year's Eve, and I've been praying that Caleb would be born in the beginning of next year. And when, when Eli woke, woke me up in the morning, she said, that I, I, I feel something is going on, but I don't think it's time, time today. And we prayed together and we said, let's wait and hope that she, he will wait for the next year. Because if you know something about sport, many sports stars are born in the beginning of the year. You have a, kind of like an advance. Uh, you're ahead already when you're born, not in the end of the year. Uh, so we prayed, we still let him pray, and my wife said, go off to work, I think it's fine. After a few hours of work, she was calling me, and she said, like, something is happening. Judy better come home. So I was driving too fast. I got home. I could hardly get her into the car, and then we, I was trying to pass every truck driver I could find. You know, like, I was driving as fast as I could in, and she was screaming all the way. And she had actually been preparing me that when it's time, you will be in the hospital for a long time. So we've been watching this, this documentary, how people are sitting in the, waiting for a baby, and they are playing card, and they are having a fika, and they're walking up and down the stairs. And I was very mentally prepared, like, this will take a lot of time. And now I felt like it cannot take a lot of time because she's in so much pain. How can we have the fika and play the card and do anything of that? <laughs> So I was driving in, and I was parking just outside the door. I got her in, and everything got going. And after 15, meter, uh, 15 minutes or something, they came and they told me, they said, that if you don't move the car now, they're going to take it away. So you better move it. So I was running down. I was moving the car to the closest parking lot, and it was super expensive. I'm born in the south of Sweden, and we're, we are very known for being good at saving money. It's called Småland. And I know that was a free parking lot just 500 meters from there. So I was thinking for myself, let's go for it because we, can, we might stay here for a long time. So I was driving over to the free parking lot. I was running back and I was thinking, I better be in the room. So I was running quick 
And I was taking the elevator up and I got in the room in time and I was so happy I got to be in the room and saving money at the same time. Praise God. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. I was there when he was born and, and I tell you, you better be there. It was kind of like an alien experience firsthand because it was a human being in my wife. It was like, whoa, it's, it's actually a crazy experience. Isn't that right? Uh, a human being is coming out of my small wife. It was like, I've never seen anything like it. Now I've seen it four times. There is times when you better be in a room. A FaceTime call is not the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not easy for a man in that situation. They said like, you should give her soft. It was soft. They were like, she needs to drink. I got her nine glass, glasses of soft before he was born. <laughs> she never wanted to drink soft again. But I did my duty. I was there. I gave her soft. That's it. Uh, all right. Uh, the direction I want to go is that sometimes you better be in the room. And I, I want to speak about this because we are living in a time when we have seen the benefits of not being in the room. Sometimes there is a lot of benefits that you don't need to be there live, right? I think the pandemic was teaching us that, that that we can, many of us, we are working remotely, and that can save us a lot of time at times. We can sit home, work, you don't need to travel. Maybe you used to fly to different places to have meetings that you're now doing online. It saves you a lot of money, it saves you a lot of time. I mean, there is, there is just so many meetings, so many things going on online. Uh, you don't need to go to a restaurant if you don't want to any longer. You can just click and the burger is showing up at your door, fast. Uh, you hardly need to go to a cinema any longer. You can watch the latest movies back home. There are so many things you can do back home right now. And we have seen like the benefit of bringing things to where you're at. Uh, but to actually, there are some cases where you miss out big time if you're not in the room. Church is such a time. I'm very thankful for podcasts. I'm very thankful for online services and worship songs you can listen to back home. But there is something that is being released when you're in the room. That online won't make it. That, you know, you need to be present. Um, and that is what we're going to speak about today. That dimension that is just happening when you are there alive. And, and you're going to miss out if you're not there. And not just you missing out on something. There is actually the rest of the people missing out if you're not there. Your presence is bringing something to the room. And I think that with that in mind, Apostle Paul, he wrote to the church in Corinth. He, read, uh, he wrote like this in 1 Corinthians 14 and 26. He said that, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn, or a word of instructions, or a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done in the church that it may be built up. Um, there is something that is just happening when we are coming together. And I, I was thinking it's a little bit like a family dinner. We can take the next slide here. Uh, when you have a family dinner, everyone is, everyone's presence means something. If you just have all of the food, but you sit alone, it's not really the same thing. 
Everyone coming together means something. And here is the thing that the, the older you get, the more you're contributing to the family dinner. My son that is, is one year old, he doesn't contribute so much. <laughs> he put us to work. We need to put him. We need to like get him stuck in the chair. I, I don't know how, but lock him down in the chair. Otherwise, he creates a mess. And he, he's still trying to create a mess. He don't contribute so much in, in, in many ways. But when you go, get older, you can help out with the dishes. You can help out serving. You can help out in ways you, 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 don't, you can't do when you're younger. And I think it's the same thing when we're coming together in a church. When you're new to your faith, you're mostly coming to receive something, to eat. But when you grow older, you're also coming to bring something. You want to contribute. You want to make a difference. Your presence matters. That's why you're not just coming to church for your own sake. When you're coming to church, you're also coming to encourage someone else to pray for someone to smile at someone to greet someone your presence matters not just for you but for other people's sake just as everyone matters on a family dinner are you with me everyone is bringing something when we are coming together and that's why I want to preach about Hamafo Madam today and you are thinking what is this it is is Greek the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and there is this word called hamathomadan that is showing up ten times in the book of Acts. And it means that in one accord, or one mind, or one passion, and that is something that is happening when the church is coming together. That is a force or a power that is just happening, only happening when the church is coming together in one place. And that comes from two different words. One of the words means to rush along, and the other word means with one voice. So everyone is coming together in unity, one passion. One mind and one accord. If our worship team here would all play different accords and different songs, I don't know how it would sound like, but it wouldn't sound like it did today. Something is happening when they're playing the same song, when they're playing the same accords, right? There is something happening in the room. Even if you go to a concert that is not proclaiming the name of Jesus, there's something happening in the room when everyone is in one accord, singing the same song, something is taking place, uh, place in that kind of concert. Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, he said that I am building my church, and he is saying that we, we are all different stones in what he is building. And we know that Jesus, he was the son of a carpenter here on earth, and he was used to build and speaking about building. But if Jesus would have been a son of a chef, I think that he would have said that, I'm doing my crock pot. I'm, I, I actually brought my crock pot here. I think he would say, I am making my crock pot, and it's going to taste awesome. And you know, if you make a crock pot, you better have a few different things. First of all, you need meat, uh, and everyone say... <laughs> Amen. Meat is important. At least I, I love meat. Uh, I don't, meat is probably the word of God. If we don't have the word of God in our crock pot, we are missing out on something. But then we need a lot of different things. I mean, onion is very good in a crock pot, but it's, it's not good, as, good to eat like an apple. 
It doesn't taste so good. You better heat it up, right? Some people, you're like an onion. You're not so nice to be around if you're not heated up by Jesus. But when Jesus has done something in your life, you're awesome. You taste awesome to have in a crock pot. Some people is like the garlic. Adds a lot of flavor, but try to eat it alone. Mm -mm, you don't do it. Or <laughs> people is not going to stay around at least if you do it. Uh, then it's good to have some tomato in because it, it kind of blends up everything. I, I think it's, it's the kind of people you're, you're blending all of us up. You're like, you're not too much, you're not too, you know, like, you are, it's good. You're neutralizing everything. You help us to go along. You are making us, doing it possible for us to blend in together. Are you with me? And then we have some people, you're like, like this chili. And it's an old chili. It's also a bit wrinkling. And I love people that is getting older and they're still hot for Jesus. Huh? I think this is Lotta. You're not that wrinkly yet, but I think this is Lotta. You know, you're getting older. She's actually the oldest one in church. She's very proud of that. <laughs> but she is so hot for Jesus. And I think that we need a Lotta in the pot, right? Because it adds some heat to it, some passion to the pot. And then we have salt. Some of you, you are so salty. It's like taking a teaspoon just with salt. It, it doesn't really work. But if, if you're not in the pot, something's definitely missing. We are very different. We are like a holy crock pot when we are coming together. If you separate us and take us piece by piece, it's like eating chili by itself and garlic by itself and a teaspoon of salt by itself. You won't, you know, most people won't do it. But when we come together in unity, when we come together in one passion, when we come together in one mind, when we come together for the sake of Jesus Christ, it is like a crock pot that is being cooked together and it tastes good and God can release something only when we are together. So this, this word, hamathumadan, shows up 10 times in the book of Acts, 12, uh, 12 times in the New Testament. And every time it leads to action. Uh, hamathumadan shows a harmony that is leading to action. Uh, people are coming together, but there's always a result coming out of that kind of unity. And I'm going to speak and preach about that today because we're coming up, up to a conference that I think is going to be very, very special. And I think that as we're coming together, God is going to release something very beautiful in this place when we are together, when we are boiling together in a crock pot. Levi Petrus, the old, old uh, Pentecostal founding father in Sweden, said that focus on unity brings division, but focus on the harvest brings unity. When we're coming together with one passion, with one vision, with one goal, something is going to take place. It creates a unity and a purposeful gathering. Amen? Okay, point number one is this. We are coming together in expectations. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus has been going back to heaven. And it's written that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one accord. In one hamatho madan, right? 
And suddenly they, uh, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then appeared to them dividing tongues as of fire. And it sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Something happened when they came together in expectations and prayer. God was releasing a fire and a gift upon them. It was like a wind filling the whole room, but the key was that they were together in prayer. I remember during the pandemic when we had to be split up as a church and one evening we were together in prayer in our living room with our life group. Uh, I think Olga was there, we had a couple of other people that was there. And when we were praying, all of a sudden my neighbor was calling me. And I just met him a, a few days before and he was calling me during the prayer. And I felt like God is leading him to us. So I was picking up and he said that he'd been watching one of our online services and I said, come over because we are praying. Uh, he was, he's a man from Ethiopia with, with an Orthodox background. And he was coming over Friday night, 10 o'clock. Uh, and he came into the room as we were praying. And we were praying in this language it spoke about. We were praying in tongues. And in the middle of it, I stopped and I said that in book of Acts chapter 2, it's written about praying in other tongues. And it's a gift that God is releasing upon his church. And my neighbor that came over, he'd been persecuting tongue-speaking Christians in Ethiopia. He'd been throwing stones at them. They'd been persecuting them. He'd been against that. But when he came into our living room, he had a voice on the inside saying, Acts 2, Acts 2, Acts 2. And when I started to speak out of Acts 2, he realized that this is actually a gift of God. What he'd been persecuting, what he'd been against is actually a gift that God wants to give him. So he said, can you pray that I will receive that language? And he was kneeling down and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he started to speak in new tongues. And a year later, his wife came over to a life group and she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they are now preaching and are leaders in a church and are, are leading people to salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit. But could you see that it started when we were together with one, on one accord? One passion, one mind, one vision. We were together in prayer and the Holy Spirit was going to do something that we could not do. We need together in expectation. And when we are coming together next weekend for ACT conference, I am so full of expectations I can hardly wait. Amen. And I want you to start getting ready for next weekend already now. Number two is that they came together in fellowship. So, so now they went out preaching on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people were being saved. And it's now it's written about the newborn church in verse 36 in Acts 2. So they continuing daily with one accord. Hamatho Madan, right? One mind, one passion in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. They met in unity. They met in fellowship. 
They met in the temple. I would say that that is the big gathering like we have on a Sunday when we're all coming together. But they also met in their homes. That's why we always have life groups. We want to meet in homes. We think it's important that we eat together. It's written here in the Bible, right? We eat together. We laugh together. We're sharing life with one another. The, the faith we have is not just a church thing. It is an everyday thing. We want to bring Jesus to our homes. Amen? Uh, they were breaking bread. They were praying. They were together. And the result of that Hamafu Madan, that unity they had, was that daily people were being saved. And I think that many times we have seen it in our church. People in, in our life groups are being saved. I know Thomas and Kaisa was baptizing someone that week. And a couple of weeks ago, Bella was baptizing someone in her life group. And, and like people is coming to faith, not just in, in Sunday services, but it's come happening in our everyday life. And that is really the vision of this church. We want to be a book of Acts kind of church when Jesus is a part of our everyday life. Amen? The vision of this church is that we want to be a church that is for all people. That means that whoever you are, you're welcome in this place. To all nations, we're never satisfied with what we're at. Uh, we want to reach out to the ends of the earth, to every nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to live the book of Acts kind of lifestyle in Stockholm with signs and wonders and salvations and baptism in water and the Holy Spirit. We believe that God can speak. We believe in angel and uh, angelic visitations. We believe in a supernatural life that you can read about in the book of Acts that the first church was living in. And we want to go to the ends of the earth. That, that is the vision we have. And I think that that's what we so often see in our church. Number three is that they met together in persecution. In persecution. Peter and John, they were walking up to the temple and they were seeing a man that had been lame from birth. And when they were praying for him, they were standing up and running around. And all of a sudden, the religious leader got so upset and angry with them. They said, what is happening? And they said, we were, we were speaking to him in the name of Jesus. And they were now forbidding Peter and John to ever speak in the name of Jesus again. And I think that's what we see in Sweden more and more. People is alright if you speak about God. People is alright if you speak about spirit, uh, spirituality. You can speak about almost all kind of things. But if you speak in the name of Jesus, if you are preaching what the Bible says and you're reading uh, just the principles of the Bible... Uh, you, you are not being accepted. You're not being accepted any, any, any longer. Things is changing. And I think that the persecution we, they saw then is similar to what we're probably going to see in the future. Because if we are standing for Jesus Christ and His Word, we are all going to be persecuted. The Bible speaks about it. So it's better, better to be ready. Uh, they were now being threatened, and they came together now with a church. And it's written in Acts 4, 30, uh, 23, that and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God in, with one accord, Hamathumadan, and said, Lord, you are God, 
who made heaven and earth and the sea and all in it. And they, they were now, in, if you go down to verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assemble, assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. How could they speak the word of God with boldness? Because they came together in prayer, in unity, with one mind, on one accord. And God was shaking that place up. So they were filled with the boldness so they could continue to, to preach the gospel. I think that, that, that the SOS ministry and SOS churches have always been marked with boldness. Uh, I, I know that I could ask 50 different people in this church if they could preach on Platon this afternoon. And they would say, I would love to. Uh, you know, there is a boldness upon this church. And I think it's because we have often been coming together in prayer. If we stop praying, the boldness is disappearing. But if we pray, we dare to stand for the Word of God. We dare to preach about Jesus and speak about Jesus. But prayer in unity is the key. That's why when you're looking on the schedule for next weekend, don't miss out prayer Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Some of you, you might be like, oh, that's early. I, I will go for the other sessions, pray in the morning. I, I don't know if that is something for me. That is a session I'm looking forward to the most next weekend. Because something is taking place when we are praying together. I believe that, the go, that God is going to shake, if not the place, at least us. That's my prayer. Uh, number four, they were together in breakthrough. In Acts 5 and 12, it's written that, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all together in Hamathomadan, in one accord, in Solomon's porch. Yet no one, uh, no one of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women so that they brought the sick. Listen to this. The sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches. And that at least Peter's shadow might, uh, the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on uh, some of them. Also multitudes of the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who are tormented by unclean spirits and all were healed. Isn't this a crazy text? Imagine if people would bring out couches and madresses on Drottninggatan so that when you're walking by off the church, your shadow might fall on some of them and they were being healed. That is the power they saw in the early church. They were, they were seeing people being delivered. They were seeing people getting healed. They saw the power of God being released. But I think the key is that they were together in unity. They were together in harmony. They were together in one accord. They had one vision. They had one goal. They were one mind. They had one passion. And that was to bring the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And God was releasing His power upon them. I want that Hamathomadan unity in our church. I want us to be on one accord. I want us to be together and see the breakthroughs that God is going to give to us. 
So many times we have seen it on our mission trips when blind eyes are opening up and lame people that start to walk and demons that are, are, are coming out. We have seen that over and over again. But I am dreaming about seeing that even more in Stockholm. I mean, we have tasted it at times. We have seen healing taking place and salvation and baptism and all. But I think that there is another level of it. I believe that God wants to prepare us for another level of His breakthrough power in this city. I believe that we're going to see more powerful healings than we have ever seen in this city. Amen? It's something we cannot accomplish. It's something and there is a grace that only God can give to us. I remember a, a, a few years back when, when we were supposed to have our mission trip with a Bible school to Pakistan. But eventually we didn't get the visa, so we stayed home with the Bible school. And, and the Bible school from, from Pittsburgh in the U.S. came over to us. And we were together and we had a mission trip in Stockholm. So for a full week, we were out reaching out people to people in Stockholm. And, and, and I especially have a memory from when we were in Hovsjö out outside of Södertälje one night. And we had some activities and we were gathering people, preaching about Jesus. And we saw some 20 teenagers responding to a salvation call here in Stockholm out in a park when we were preaching about Jesus. And then we were taking them aside and teaching them about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And before that night was over, we had 10 teenagers in Södertälje sitting, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. Tears coming down their eyes because they met with Jesus. And I think that was, was a small taste, uh, but I think that we can see so much more in our city if we are together in unity with one purpose. And number five is in a strategic leadership meeting. Paul, the apostle, he'd been traveling all over in Greece and Turkey and Macedonia. And he'd been around preaching. And he was leading people to salvation. But now people were upset. And they said, it feels, Paul, like you're not preaching a clear message. You're too much into grace. You need to teach the people to obey the laws of the old covenant they need to be circumcised and they had this they, they had this fight if circumcision was needed or not in the in the in the church so they were now coming together for a strategic leadership meeting in Jerusalem speaking through how they should handle these different issues and conflicts and it's written in Acts 15 and 25 that when, when it came to a conclusion and they said that it seemed good to us being assembled in one accord. Uh, so so they, they were together speaking through all of the matters. They were deciding that they should not be circumcised, but it was a couple of other things they should keep. But they were now in unity together. They were deciding something together in one accord with one another and with the Holy Spirit. And then I said that we will send the, to send some chosen men to you with our uh, beloved Barnabas and Saul, men who have risked your life for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I'm dreaming about the day when we will see greater impact in this city. I'm dreaming about the day when we will, when we will need two and three and four services here on Sundays. I'm dreaming about the day when we need to plant new churches.
churches out in the suburbs because there is such a need of, of Jesus being preached to this city. I'm dreaming about us seeing multitudes coming to salvation, daily people adding to salvation. When we are baptizing not two or three or five people, but we're baptizing 50 or 100 people out in a lake somewhere or a 200 people somewhere. I'm dreaming about when we see masses of people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm dreaming about us seeing blind eyes open up, not just out on a mission field, but back home in Stockholm. I'm dreaming about us seeing people being set free by the power of God, having their entire lives being changed. We want to see the power of the gospel being released in Stockholm. Not just eloquence of word, but the power of God. Amen? And that can only happen if we keep on preaching Jesus and keep on preaching the Word of God. The society is trying to put pressure on the churches to back down from the Word of God, to back down from the gospel message because it's a radical message. But we need to stay with the message that we that have been given because there is salvation in no other name than in the name of Jesus. There is power in no other name than the name of Jesus. The power is only being released when the gospel message is being preached. Jesus is the hope of the world and only in his name there is salvation and forgiveness of sins and a second chance. Only in his name we can receive grace to get a new start in, li start in life. Only Jesus can do the miracles when the doctor says it is over, there is no more hope, it cannot be done. Only Jesus can do those things. That is what we're believing in. That is what people have been believing in for 2,000 years and hold on to. And that is the Christianity that is growing all over the world. It is the Bible-preaching, Holy Spirit-filled Christianity. They are moving on all over the world, planting churches, reaching out, seeing the power of God being released all over the world. And that is what we're going to stay with because we want to see Book of Acts kind of Christianity in our lives, in this church. And we want to see a greater harvest. We want to see people coming to know Jesus. In this hour, in this time, we need to be clearer with the gospel than ever before. Amen?